If only you just hate waiting for buses. You stand waiting for half an hour, and you think you've missed one, and then all of a sudden three come together. That was the state of Israel about 4 BC. The Jews had been waiting for the Messiah for generations. The Romans had invaded and oppressed them, and God was saying nothing. The last prophet, Malachi, had died 400 years earlier. Nothing, not a whisper. Then suddenly one day, Judea was full of angels, messengers from God everywhere. Zechariah was in his workplace, the temple. There, the angel Gabriel spoke a happy message to him about a new messenger, his son, to be called John the Baptist. Mary was in Nazareth. Gabriel appeared again with a happy message about a new messenger, her son, to be called Jesus. Joseph was nearby, in despair. Gabriel appeared to him in a dream with a happy message about a new messenger, his son, to be called Jesus. Lonely shepherds on a starry night Another angel appeared out of nowhere with a happy message about a new messenger, a baby, some baby. He was the one that they had all been waiting for, the Messiah, the Savior of the Lord himself. To cap it all, hundreds, thousands of angels joined him in the sky with a happy song, good news for heaven. Good news for earth. Peace. So how did they all respond? Zachariah didn't believe it at first, despite his years of praying for it. So he was struck down. The guy that had no faith in God has nothing to say to others. Mind you, when John was born, He certainly let rip. He said, praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Turning to his baby son, he said, you go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. This was great news indeed. Mary didn't need to wait. She immediately praised God. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. His mercy extends to everyone who believes. He has helped Israel, remembering to be merciful, just as he promised. Joseph changed his mind quickly and went on to marry Mary and set out for a new life together. It's because he had learned that Jesus would save his people from their sins. 
As for the shepherds, well, you couldn't shut them up. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Back they went to the hills, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, Gabriel had told them he brought good news that would cause great joy for all the people. It was meant to be shared. So what is the message? Good news means gospel. God's spell in Old English. It is God's recipe to save us from our sin, just as they were told. In our Bibles, it is written, Evangel. The heart of this word is, of course, angel, which is a messenger, because it is a good message. No, it's more than that. It's a great message. It's all about Jesus. That is who the shepherds saw. And that is who we share so that others might see him too. Sometimes we forget that the Bible is not a book that tells us what we have to do to earn salvation. It is a book that rather tells us what God did to earn our salvation. Think about that for a moment. Jesus grew up perfect and without any sin. Yet he took all our sins upon him 33 years later. Outside a town about five miles from Bethlehem. He rose again and overcame death once and for all. He calls us to follow him, to receive this good news, to trust in him, obey him, surrendering to him as our Saviour and Lord, our Messiah, so that we can receive the same mercy and forgiveness of sins that Zechariah and Mary talked about. God created human beings and intended for them to be ruling creatures. We were supposed to be under God, but over everything else. We were supposed to rule over creation under the guidance and authority of God's word and to function as conduits for the blessings of heaven. That was how we were supposed to be, but unfortunately, the Bible tells the story of how our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell into sin by choosing to rebel against God's word in order to become autonomous, ruling creatures. Basically, they wanted to be gods themselves, deciding good and evil. From that point on, humanity has been on a downward spiral, moving further and further away from God and our original design and glory. The heart 
of the gospel is that the good news that Jesus has come as God in the flesh and has obeyed God perfectly and has therefore won the right to all the blessings of God originally intended to give men and women. Furthermore, through his sacrificial, sacrificial death on the cross, he has paid the debt that we owed to God for disobeying his commandments. There is therefore no need for us to hide from God anymore. In Jesus, we can come home and we can be restored. The climax of the gospel is the great news that he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven where he now intercedes on our behalf. He gives the Holy Spirit to all his people. And he slowly but surely changes our hearts, reforms our desires, and teaches us how to be the children of God that we were always intended to be. For now Jesus remains in heaven, changing the, changing the world one person at a time. But one day he will return and judge the world in righteousness. He will remove from this world all sin and causes of sin. And he will restore the cosmos to a state of peace, prosperity and flourishing. And all those who have received him as their Lord and Saviour will participate in his rule and enjoy his goodness forever. But you can only respond if you have heard the good news. And that means that someone has told you about the gospel, that God loves you so much, and Jesus loves you too. Someone must have had the courage or God-given talent of evangelism to share it with you. Yes, you can witness and display a life contrary to what the world offers. Your language or lack of certain words is a start. By not conforming to gossip, backbiting, or by judging others will be noticed. By demonstrating acts of kindness, by being friendly, approachable, and available, are godly attributes that as Christians we should display. You see, these are all part of the Christian package that needs to be work on, worked on as it does not just materialize when you become a Christian. And if you're not displaying these, then your witness is flawed or wasted even. I would go as far as saying, if you can't display these, and if your lifestyle does not reflect them, then stop saying that you're a Christian, as you will do more harm than good. Your lack of Christ-likeness is damaging to those whose life demonstrates so. When your lifestyle is in order, then your words will be more accepted. Then using a well-known tin, sorry, a well-known phrase, you'll be exactly what it says on the tin. And I'm going to close with a slide that says, what is the gospel? Well, God created us to be with him. 
Our sins separate us from God. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Paying the price of sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in him has eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Have you asked Jesus into your life? Is he your Lord and Saviour? If you haven't, just take an opportunity now to pray for you to invite him into your life. Pray these words after me. Dear God, I have fallen short of your glory. I have chosen to do things my way rather than your way. I am sorry. Please forgive me. I invite Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour. Help me to follow his teaching and to live as he did, honouring you. Amen. If you prayed that with me for your first time, please let me know, because I'd love to hear from you and then give you things to read and look at that will help you on your journey with Jesus. It's not an easy one, but it's an exciting one.